0: We're glad you're here. My name is Eric Montoya, Pastor of the Grove, and uh, we're in a series called Prayer. Uh, this is week three. Before we jump into that, I just want to say welcome to all those watching my Facebook Live. Jeremy Dominguez, one of our firefighters, he just texted me and said, I love that I can watch service, uh, even at the firehouse while I'm on, I'm on duty and call. And so that's awesome. Jeremy, glad you're watching. We're praying for you firefighters, and it's awesome. So It's so cool. I love that church is beyond four walls. You know that church is not just about four walls, not about a building. Um, we love our building. We're in theater. is an amazing place to have church. Uh, but we're glad it can go beyond that. So, uh, just thanks for being a part of the Grove. Thank you for all that you're here. And everybody that's listening on podcast, thanks for tuning in. We know this can challenge you and help you today. Uh, in this series of prayer, uh, we, this is what I know about, about life and about church and about everything is we all want what works. We're all looking for what works, uh, in our marriage and our families. And at, at the Grove, we want to help people understand there God has a way that, that makes things just work. Uh, marriage, business, family, finances, raising your kids, um, all those different a- elements and, and aspects of, of life, and he wants to help us with it, and so he invites us to, to follow his lead. And so in prayer, you know, I don't know about you, when you pray, a lot of times we feel like God's not hearing us, not answering us. Uh, prayers don't get answered. Uh, well, we're, we're talking through this series about that. What are the principles that make prayer work? Because uh, prayer does work. And if you do it God's way and you figure out the principles, you'll find that more of your prayers are answered. Um, I would love—I don't know about you—I'd love to have ten out of ten prayers answered all the time, right? Well, the Bible says that's possible; it, it can happen as you mature and you grow and you figure out what, why it works. And so, through the series, we're trying to help uh, people discover what makes that work and how how um, the principles behind it all. We said that prayer is about talking with God so that we can walk with God and that we can make a difference in this world. Uh, that's what prayer is about. It's about relationship. It's about partnering with Him, teaming up with Him, and um, His in His His call to uh, His. His purpose is for, for life, uh, and asking him to be a part of that and ask, figuring out what that looks like. And so that's what prayer is. It's about relationship, uh, with God, and it's so we can make a difference. Um, and so that's what we're about. We're, we through this series, what we're doing is we're taking the Lord's Prayer, a very, very famous prayer. Um, uh, some of you might know it as Our Father. Um, and we took the Lord's Prayer the first week and we broke it down and said, here's a pattern. Cause the disciples said, Jesus teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, here's how you pray. And he says, Our Father are in heaven. And he gives them this pattern. So the first week we broke down that pattern, what that looks like, the different, elements and components to it and what it's about. And then every week we're, we're building upon that saying here's the principles that Jesus was teaching in those prayers. And so the first week was our father it was about relationship. It was how God wants us to connect with him. And I love the the, the fact that it's our, not my father, it's our. It's, it's about community, it's about others, it's not just about me. And this whole prayer is is, is plural, it's about others in, in this community that, we're, that we need to have around us. So our father, they're all around the world, he, he's, he's, we're all sons and daughters of God, and, and it's, it's recognizing that. It's about relationship with God. And we recognize it's him. And then last week we said, hallowed be your name was the second part of that um we 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 talked about psalms 23 if you didn't hear that maybe this will probably give you a new perspective on psalm 23 it was great and what i I loved is last week i talked to some different people that came and it seemed like there was some challenges physically with some sickness or health or just emotions and as they talked about it they said psalm 23 really helped me through that process because here's david um uh, a man after god's own heart the bible says that that wrote this psalm and has given us some tools to understand god's character and nature and we said when you pray the second part of the prayer, hallowed be your name, we're really saying we're recognizing the character and the nature of God because he's a good God who has good things for us. And um, we'll, we'll re- re- review a little bit, bit about that. And so that was the second part. We said this about the second part of it running to his name, um, recognizing his character and nature, is a restored perspective is one of the most important ingredients um, in the prescription of each of us getting well. So when you find yourself, especially spiritually, and, and your soul is not well, there's just something disturbing about you, um, having a restored perspective is a big element to that to be able to get healthy and whole. And, and Psalms 23 gives us that. Even the Lord's Prayer gives us that, and we'll talk about it today. And so God wants us to be healthy. Uh, we said a life without limits becomes a life without maturity, and that is never the will of God for any of us, for me or for you. So sometimes God will say no to prayers that we pray. Sometimes God will say, not yet, you have to wait. Because sometimes it's a a maturing process that he wants us to be ready for those prayers that we're asking for. And sometimes he's trying to work in our lives. And he doesn't ever want any of us to be spoiled. And so he makes us wait and go through this process. And that's not a bad thing because um, he wants us to mature. We said that we don't always see things as they really are. We tend to see things as we are. So when we look at different challenges in life, we tend to look at what we're feeling and what we're going through and think that's all it is. Where prayer helps us to have a bigger perspective to see, maybe there's something bigger going on here. How can I be aware of that? And the last thing we said was behavior follows thought. In the Psalm 23, when you recognize God's character and nature and how he wants to help us, uh, when we have the right thought, um, we will have the right actions. And in this, in this process of having a new perspective as we pray, God has wanting us to see a little differently than what we tend to see. And in that, when you have the, when you have the right thought, you'll have the right behavior. Uh, and vice versa, it works the both ways. Uh, you, if you keep thinking the right things, you'll keep, you keep doing the right things, you'll, you'll have good results in your life. And then we give a list throughout Psalms, all the different names that we find in there, the characteristics of God. My favorite is Jehovah Shammah. He is present or God is there. I love that characteristic of God. It's, the, it's this idea that, so, so tomorrow is coming, but God's already there. Like, we're here now because we're limited by time, but God's already there. When you understand that God's nature is like that, when you go to pray to him, there's, a, there's you have this big benefit of saying, okay, I'm kind of worrying about, you know, the bills that are coming up this week, but you're already there. Would you help me not to worry? Would you help me to... Would you provide? Would you take care of me? Um, my kids, I'm raising my kids. Like, I don't know what they're going to be when they're teenagers, but God, you're already there. Help us to make the right choices now so that when they get there where you're at, they'll already be on a process with you. Does that make sense? I love it. I love that, that characteristic of God, that he's, he's present. He's here now, but he's also in the middle of whatever he faced. Like David said, in the middle of the shadow of death, right? Um, he, he's there with him. And so today we're going to go to the next part of it. And so we said our father, it's about relationship. Um, run to his name. Hallowed be your name. And this week we're going to talk about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the third part of the Lord's Prayer, the model that he gave his disciples. And essentially what we're saying is make sure you pray his agenda first. And this is, I think, what's key for his prayer is he's teaching, he's teaching us to, to, to approach him differently than we have in the past. Typically, most people come to God and they say, give me, give me, give me, now, 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 I want, want, want. And typically that's like a, it's like, that, that, that's, that's, what a little kid would say, right? My little daughter who's t- two—that's what the stage she's at. It's all about her. It's all about now. It's all about me. When we approach God that way, our prayers aren't going to get answers because we're not a lot of times even praying the right things. And He's saying, so before you—and you are in a little while—He gives us permission to ask for all the things we need. He wants us to ask for those things. He wants to help us with those things. But before we get there, why don't we pray His agenda first and say, all right, before I ask for all my stuff, I'm going to. I'm gonna ask you to do your will in my life. Help help me to accomplish what you want me to accomplish. So I heard a story about a man in California. He's walking along the, the beach, he was deep in prayer. As he's walking, all of a sudden uh he he says his prayer he says, Lord, um would you would you grant me one one request, one prayer, one wish. Would you would you grant this for me? And so the sunny clouds Cal- Southern California, above his head, they the they they open up and there's a booming voice from above and says, All right, um you've been trying really hard to follow me and I'll grant you one request. What is it? And so the man says, um, okay, um, would you build a bridge from here to Hawaii so I can go there? I love Hawaii, and I want to just be able to travel there whenever I get. So can you build a bridge for me from California to Hawaii? And God's response is like, okay, um, well, your, your request is very materialistic. It's really selfish. It's really about you. Uh, you know, think of the, the enormous undertakings this is going to require for all of the concrete that's going to have to go deep into the Pacific and, and all, all the workings and all the steel and all the structure. All, what? the resources is going to take. Like, this is um, it's not really maybe the best request that you can ask for. It's all about, about you. You haven't really thought through this too much. So I'm going to give you a moment. Think about it. Maybe there's something better you can ask me for. So the man pauses for a little bit and starts thinking, okay, maybe that wasn't a good request, but I really love Hawaii. He says, okay, I got it. Lord, and this is his prayer. Lord, I wish that I could understand women. I want to know how they feel inside, what they're thinking when they give the silent treatment, when they cry, what they mean when they say nothing, and how I can make a woman truly happy. It's quiet for a second, and the Lord says, uh, Do you want two lanes or four lanes on that highway? <laughs> so, here I just want to say God, God is not a genie in a bottle, all right? His wish is not your command, His wish is not my command. But we treat God like that. Like the story, you know, the joke of the man asking God, It's like a genie in a bottle. Just grant me this, do this, do this, do this. When we pray that way, our prayers will not be answered because typically they revolve around me and self and it's about my will not god's will and in Jesus' model prayer the lord's prayer he's saying you have to change your your way you pray to say okay there's already something you want to do in my life and god does he wants to do something amazing in your marriage in your family in your workplace in your personal life he wants to do something great like he has an, an agenda and a will to accomplish and if you trust him in it it'll be better than you ever thought possible trust me it is it's amazing We tend to think, well, no, it's like him, you know, it's not good. Well, well, prayer, so God limited himself to human will. He doesn't interfere in human will. He doesn't get in and force you to do anything. The enemy, he's always trying to control, always trying to force us and get us trapped and enslaved. That's not God's nature. God's nature is about freedom and wanting people to choose God's way or choose our own way or choose the enemy's way. But he gives us the freedom to do that. So in culture, we all have freedom to do whatever we want to do. That's a gift God's given us. And I'll never force my will on you or God's will on you. That's your choice you have to make. And in prayer, we partner with God saying, all right, I think there's something you want to do here on earth. I want to partner with you in that, in my life, in my, my, my spheres of influence, where I go around. I want you to use me to accomplish those things because they're good things. And when your prayer, your prayers will be answered when, you're, when his commands become your prayer or your wish. So he's not a genie in a bottle that, that our wish is his command. But if your prayers, you want them answered, your, your prayers need to become his, his command and his will. Um, James 4 tells us this in the in, in, the gospel, in, in, the, in the New Testament, in the book of James uh, 4, 2 through, through 3. Um, when it talks about prayer, James is saying, yet you, have, you don't have what you want because you haven't asked God for it. So if one, you're not even asking God for certain things, so you don't get those things. Like if you don't ask, you're not going to ever receive. But even when you do ask, he says you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You, you want only what gives you pleasure, and it's a selfish request. And those prayers never get answers, what James is saying. So if you don't ask, you won't get an answer. And if your motives are wrong, you won't get an answer. In 1 John, John tells us about prayer. 5, uh, 1 John five fourteen through 15 towards the end of the, B- the Bible, it says, he says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. So, so John uh, the Apostle John, he's writing in 1 John here, chapter 5. He's saying, this is the confidence we have. When we go to God and we pray his will, he hears it and he answers it. So answered prayers come when we're praying God's will for, for, for things to happen in our lives. John can say this with confidence because he was one of the closest disciples to Jesus. And the reason, well, before we go there, what, what is God's will exactly? So he says, when we pray God's will, before we jump into the next part, his, his word is his will. So he gave us his word, the, the Bible, the Holy Bible. It's, it's a book, and this one I have just the New Testament. It's only part of the Bible. Um, but it's, it's the gift that he gave us. It's, a, it's an incredible gift that God gave us, the Bible. It's not just a book. It's a book with a whole bunch of books in it that are all telling the same story, written by multiple authors over a period of a few thousand years. And they're all pointing to the same thing. They're all pointing to Jesus. They're all pointing to God's love, his redemption story. It's just amazing. And this is his will. He wrote it down. You know, we're, we're in the middle of um, trying to sell a ho- our house in Rio Rancho and we have to sign these contracts. Well, why do I have to sign a contract? Because it's a statement of my will and my desire for the house. They know how much to give us because we're stating this is how much we're asking for. We write it down. It's on paper. It's, it's, it's our, essentially our will for that transaction. Well, God's will is the Bible. He's wrote it down for us. He's given it to us. The a gift. He's saying, here's my will. If you, if you want to know what my will is for marriage... Here it is, for, for finances. And, and as we learn the Bible more, we actually will be able to pray more effectively. Uh, not just reading the Bible. I think when Jesus says when you, when you know what he's asking and you do it, then the good things come. And then you have, you have a fruitful life. So you're knowing what God's asking you. You're beginning to live that out. And then when you pray, it's more effective because you're partnering with God with with something he already wants to do. So his word is his will. And the more you get to know his word, the more you'll be able to pray his will, if that makes sense. So get to know it. It covers all the things that you need in life to help you out. And so John had confidence writing that that we can go to God with confidence. He had confidence because he knew prayer works and he understood how God how God's principles of prayer, why they work. And the reason is because in, in the Gospel of John, which is a different book, first John is towards the end of the New Testament, the Gospel of John is towards the beginning of the New Testament. He's telling he's 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 recording the words of Jesus and his teachings. And at one point um, he, gives, he gives us these words that Jesus says about prayer to the disciples. He's talking to the disciples, and he says when it comes to prayer, here's two basic functions or purposes of prayer. So in John fourteen thirteen, he's saying whatever you ask in my name, Jesus talking, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So he's saying part of prayer is that God would get glorified. We covered that in week one. That's part of when, when we pray and God answers, we give him the credit, right? So that's one of the functions of prayer is make sure that he gets the credit, that he's glorified in these things. And, and there's a reason for it. Uh, because when God answers a prayer, and it's a good prayer, and, and um, we don't give God the credit, what happens is we can take the credit for that sometimes, and that creates pride in us. It can create uh, an unhealthy relationship with others, and God never wants that. And so you say, I'm going to answer your prayers, but make sure you give God the credit, not take the credit, because that'll develop something that's unhealthy inside of you. You'll become something you're not supposed to be. So it's God's way of saying, make sure you understand, even prayer itself, think about this. Prayer itself is a way of having to humble yourself to ask somebody that's stronger to help you with something you can't do on your own. Even in that, even prayer has this idea of humility in it. And God is saying, when you pray, make sure you have these these principles, these components that help you. And then Jesus tells the disciples, Later on in John, chapter 16, he says, um, Until now you've, not, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive so that your joy may be full. Other purpose of prayer is as you ask God, he responds and answers. You have joy in life because you are actually lining up with what God has for your life. And you find joy in life. You don't, you don't have uh, the struggles because you're following his way. He's leading this path that's, that's helping you think right and live right. And the benefits of that is always there. So two basic purposes, that God may be glorified and that our joy would be full, that we'd be able to enjoy life, enjoy, enjoy the things that we face. Um, so wh- where do I start? If, if the Bible is God's will, that's like a lot of words, right, and a lot of commandments and a lot of things that, that's just a lot of stuff to know. Where do I start? Like, wh- Where's the starting point for me? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked it today, all right? <laughs> Somebody asked Jesus the same thing. All right, so you have you have all these commandments in the Bible, but just... Would you simplify this for me, Jesus? Like, break it down. Give me just a summary of it. In Mark 12, this is what one of the religious leaders, um, one of the teachers of the law, a religious leader, he said, uh, he came to Jesus. He heard them debating. He noticed that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? So his way of saying, just summarize for me. All right, there's a lot of, lot of words here in the Bible, just in, in, in the Torah and the, the commandments. What's most important? Like give, me, give me your, your summary, your, your philosophy, your take on this. What What is this about? And so Jesus starts off, he says, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second one is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There are no commandments greater than these. Another, another translation says that the All of the law and all the prophet or all the Bible hangs on these two commandments. So he says, if you want a starting point, here's here's where you start, all right? The most important commandments. Love God. It's our our horizontal relationship. It's us and God. It's an important relationship. And then he wants you to love others, which I think is what the cross is all about. It's a picture of the cross, right? So then you love others the same way you love yourself. So he says, if you want a starting point, this is where you start. If you don't know God's will, God's will is that we'd have healthy relationships with God and we'd have healthy relationships with others. And he boils it down and says, this is, this is how, as simple as I can make it, have healthy relationships with God, have, have healthy relationships with other people. Make sure that that is, that is, cru- that is key and that's crucial in, in what you do. And then as you read, read through more of the scriptures, you understand what that looks like. Because you know, sometimes that's really difficult. Loving somebody that you don't like, loving somebody that you think wants to do harm to you. Um, when it comes to prayer, you know, it's, it's important that we, uh, that we partner with God and what he wants to do. Um, let me take a little side, side tour for a second here. Um, this last Friday, um, I noticed that people around our nation are, are praying and putting curses on our president. Uh, whether you like the president or not, let me just tell you that's dangerous. Um, don't, don't play around with that. Whether you think he's going to harm you or not, um, it's never God's intention or will to try to harm somebody else through curses and and praying, praying things. You actually open yourselves up to the very curse. Proverbs says that an undeserved curse... Will not, will not go out and, and like just disappear. It will come back to the person that prays it. And so when people are, and, and I don't know, if, I can't say it's a deserved curse or not, but people are opening themselves up to a lot of danger. Um, I don't think it's an accident we're talking about prayer. It's probably one of the most important things we can do um, with, with our life, um, for our kids, for our family, for our church, for our city. Um, because when we pray, we're asking God to help us. Well, cursing is another form of prayer. It's just to another God and another person. And uh, people think it's just a, maybe something small, um, but it's not God's will is that that we would love others. He even says pray for those who curse you. Like so if 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 Donald Trump is your enemy in this room, the Bible actually says don't curse him. The Bible says pray for him. Um, and and in fact he's an authority figure, the established authority figure. The Bible said Peter tells us, and Paul tells us, make sure you pray for those in authority. An interesting thing is when when um, when Paul Paul was telling us who to pray for and Peter they were actually telling us to pray for the worst governor, the worst ruler that, that the Christians ever faced, Nero. Like Nero would take Christians and he would kill them um, in horrible ways. And he would, he would put them on stakes and start them on fire so they would give light to his parties. All right, So there's Christians burning on stakes to give light, light to his party. So this is a horrible guy. And Peter and Paul say, pray for this leader. Like, oh, why would you pray for that? That guy is the worst person in the world. And the principle of the Bible is saying you partner with God. God does things differently than we do. And so as a side note, I would just say pray for, pray for President, President Trump. Um, the same way I would say pray for President Obama, pray for, for George W. Bush, and so forth so on. And the next presidents, pray for our presidents. Ask God to help us as a nation because when things go well with, with our government, they go well with us. And when they don't go well with our government, they can set up a lot of hardships for us. And in that, I get it. There's a lot of worries and concerns that come with what's going to happen. Just trust God. The Lord is our shepherd. Government is not your shepherd. Go- laws are not going to protect you from evil things and bad things, but God can walk us through all these things, if that makes sense. All right? So a side note, back to prayer. Pray, pray to the right, right God, first of all, and then partner with him in praying the right things. The thing I love what Jesus does here is, Hero Israel, the Lord is our God. We're, we're, every week we're taking different prayers out of the Bible and partnering with the Lord's Prayer. So, Hero Israel, it's called this prayer is called the Shema. Jesus is actually quoting a prayer that the Jews would pray every single day. It's the most popular prayer. So the Shema, Shema in the Hebrew means to hear. Now, I think it's more than just hearing with your ears, I think it's really hearing with your heart. It's like paying attention. And so Jesus says when they ask him what's the most important commandment, he actually says a prayer that the audience would actually probably start praying with him. They would they probably would have started, Oh Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, the Lord is one. Love the Lord God with all your heart. And he prays the first part of it, um, and then he, he, he adds a second part to it, saying, and love your neighbor as yourself. So they're familiar with this prayer. Uh, the, the, the prayer that, that he was saying, that, that the most important commandments in this prayer, they would pray in the morning, they would pray at night. Uh, it would be the first prayer as a baby would hear from a parent, from a father, a whisper in his ear. Uh, they believed that if you're really blessed and, and, and um, had favor, you'd be able to pray this on your deathbed. It would be the last thing that you would speak out as you die. Like They, they thought it was so important and the reason was so important because in this prayer, it's the commandments that, that God gave to Moses to give to the people of Israel. In fact, when they pray this prayer, a lot of them will even hold up their right hand with their pinky up. And they'll pray this prayer, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God. And the reason is because if you read that whole section in Deuteronomy that you find the prayer, there's a portion that says, we were saved, we were saved from Egypt's, um, from Egypt's, um, from being slaves to Egypt, to Pharaoh. By God's mighty right hand. So he said, God saved us from slavery because of his mighty right hand. And they say, our God is a really big God, so it must have been just his pinky. Like, God just moved his pinky, and we were free from slavery. And so they raise it up to remember, it was by God's mighty right hand, and he was so strong, it was probably just like a flick of his pinky, and we were free from Pharaoh. And so every single day, if you can imagine this as a Jewish person, even Jesus, praying this prayer, getting up saying, Hero O Israel, the Lord is our God. It's the prayer. They're praying. They're reminding themselves that it was God's hand that saved them from slavery. They were they're free people because God stepped up and said, "You can be free now." And every single day they would declare it in the morning. They'd declare it at night. Sometimes in the middle of the day. And there's more to the prayer. And if you look at the structure of the prayer, and I would encourage you to go learn about it, read it. It's pretty cool. It's it's a good prayer. It's it's a lot about the same things. It's recognizing God as God. It's Him that brings freedom. And in that, he's saying, Live these ways, and that you'll be prosperous, you'll be blessed, you'll, 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 you'll be able to have favor in your lives. It, the Lord's Prayer has a lot of those components in the Shema. And in this prayer, Jesus is giving us these. these he, he's, he's referring back to this prayer and trying to help them to see God has good plans for your life. His will is good if you'll just trust Him. And He quotes this prayer and then He challenges us. In. So today, this is Mark Batterson, a pastor in, in uh, Washington. He says it like this He says, The purpose of prayer, is not to give orders to God. The purpose of prayer is to get orders from God. When you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, you're asking God, what do you want to do in my life? Because we have a tendency to say, God, I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and I need this. You say, that's great, but have you ever thought about what I want to do? And when we pray his way, we actually say, okay, in my family, I don't know what to do with my son. I'm trying to raise him to, just an example, my son is great right now, nothing's going on. But, God, I really don't know what to, to help him with this, you know, this talk that I'm about to have. Like, I really need help in this. Help me to have the right, the right words. Help me to, to do what you want to do. That's a different prayer than saying, God, just, just make my son perfect and let us not ever have to talk again. Right? Those prayers don't get answered because it's a selfish prayer of just wanting things to be fixed. But when I come to God, he's going to say, well, you know, actually your son needs you to spend some time with him. You should go throw the football with him. And uh, you'll have been established relationships. relationship so one day when he does have a problem, he'll be able to come to you and say, hey, Dad, I trust you. Uh, I need to have a talk with you. And you've opened the door. Well, because God is there in the future. He knows what my son needs. He's going to help me now to begin to build those relationships that will help in the future. Praying his will is different than praying my will. And when you wake up in the morning and say, I need, I need, I need, I need, God's saying, that's great. I want to help you all that. But have you thought about what I want to do? Because sometimes saying, I need, I want, I want, I need, is going to just turn us into spoiled brats. And he's saying actually, last month I gave you what you asked for. You didn't even manage it well, so now you're back to ask me for more of it. I think the problem is not me giving you more. The problem is you learning how to manage what I've already given you. And God is saying, pray my will. Ask me what, 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 you, what I want you to do in life. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I recognize that it's, it's about, about you being a good father, that you have good plans for my life, which is important to recognize, that God has good plans for your life. I run to your name. it like, be your name. Your name is holy. It's, it's set apart. It, it's unique. It's different. There's all these characteristics in your name, God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or in earth, in me, as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no sickness. I think is a great thing. His will is there be no sickness. His will is that people would not perish. and They would, they would, they would have a relationship with him. His will is a good thing. And he wants us to, to partner with him in saying, would you bring about that everywhere around you? So everywhere you walk, everywhere I walk, I'm actually bringing God, some of heaven, to earth. You know, my, my uh, Pastor Carl, who who passed recently, one of the things he'd always tell me is, I always thought it was really weird, but then after a while, I was like, that's kind of cool. You know, he said, give him heaven. Give him heaven. You know, because you always hear, give him hell. I'm like, you know, give him hell. Like, make it hard. He's like, give him heaven. Can you go up there, give him heaven. I'm like, that is so good, you know? Why? Yeah, we have too much people giving hell all the time. Why don't we give them some heaven? You know, we, we deal with hell so much, so often around us on a day, on a weekly basis. We need some heaven. Well, there's people around you who are walking through hell all the time, and all they hear is hell. And they're saying, "I need something different." And God is saying, "Partner with me, so you can bring some heaven to earth." So when you go to your your, your workplace and you walk in the room, a little bit of heaven just showed up. And as you w- listen to God, and God says, "Hey, would you would you?" Um, encourage your boss today. I know you don't like him. You should pray for him. Pray for blessings for his family because you really don't know what's going on in his marriage. And you know he's a jerk because really at home there's things that aren't going on. It has nothing to do with you, but his life is falling apart. Why don't you pray for him? And you begin to say, God, let Your will be established. And little by little, as you're praying for your boss, you're partnering with God to bring about goodness in his, in your workplace. It's it's a different prayer, right? Your kingdom come, Your will be done, than just saying, man, get me out of this place. This is a you know. Uh, whatever, you can say whatever you want about your workplace. Like, get me out of it. I want to get done. That's a different prayer than saying, God, what do you want to do here? You've placed me in this environment for a reason. You've given me these kids for a reason. You've given me these employees or these students or these, you fill in the blank, whatever it is, the, the, these, these co-workers for a reason. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. And we're going to see in a couple of weeks, we talk more about it, that when we pray those things, God answers those prayers and then we're going to look back 10 years, 20 years, and we're going to realize that we were a key component to what God was trying to do in our family and in our workplace and in our city and in our nation and in our world. And when you partner with God, you'll be able to look back over your life and say, wow, you did some amazing things, God. And we give the credit back to him. Two and a half years as a church, as a grove. Look around. If you just look around for a second, and two and a half years. This is not normal for churches just to you know, to, to, to start. And to be able to impact so many people in such a short time. And it's not because of one single person or even our team. I mean, our team is awesome. It's because God's favor saying, you're asking for me to do something that I already want to do. I say, yes, let's do it. Let's help people have some more heaven in their lives. So we end the prayer, our Father, are in heaven. The last part of the, the, the prayer is, uh, your, um, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. I think as a summary of the whole prayer, we recognize that God is God. He's king. We're not. We recognize that he has the resources and the power and the ability to help us with all of our things. Just like the prayer saying, God, you rescued him from slavery by your right hand. You can be free from things. God has the ability to help you if you'll trust him. And then when he does, he gets the credit. He always put back to God saying, God is doing a great thing in my life. He's working in my life. Um, here's our challenge for this week. All right, challenge this. Use the Lord's Prayer. So our father used, used that as a model. Just walk through it. And then last week we added Psalm 23 to help you to have a better perspective. I think Psalm 23 is helping us to see things about God that David is saying, all right, you want to be resilient? You want to be able to push through hard times? Recognize that God's going to lead you through all these things. Yes, you're going to have enemies at times. Yes, you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death at times. But in the middle of that, God's going to do some great things to help you through that. So you do the Lord's Prayer, uh, read Psalm 23, it'll help us to think right, to live right, and it'll it'll produce some great things in our lives. So I thought it would be great for us as we as we... As we talk about praying the Lord's Prayer, uh, that we would close off again with the Lord's Prayer in Psalms 23. And then um, I'm going to give opportunity for those of you in this room um, that have come and you're looking for what works and you're looking for answers. I'm going to give you an opportunity to 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 make that right with God, that first relationship, saying, God, I need your help. I want to make things right with you. And we'll end service with that and then uh, um, end service up. So pray this with me. Um, this is the King James Version, which is older. I think most of us probably be more familiar with this one as we pray corporately. I don't pray King James when I pray. Um, I'm praying more of a current version. Uh, but pray whatever version you have on your phone, You know your, your app. Um, Bible app is a great way to, to have it in front of you. But let's pray this together. Would you pray it with me? Here we go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake God, let your kingdom come and your will be done, Father, in our lives. I had to pray this week, Lord God, we would think about that so often when we wake up, your kingdom come, your will be done. In our finances, your kingdom come, your will be done. In our, in our health, in our bodies, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. In our relationships, in our workplaces, in our city, in our, in our nation, in our world, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. God, lead us to you. Help us to be the kind of people who partner with you to accomplish what you want to accomplish already on this earth, God. We love you. We bless you, God. If you're here today, maybe you're new to church or you've, you, know, you haven't been here for a while or you're coming back, um, the first relationship, God says, make sure you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. His will is that we'd have a healthy relationship with Him first and then out of that, then have healthy relationships with others. Um, you know, when we when we talk about praying His agenda first, Really what we're saying is, I want to let down, lay down my agenda so I can take up your agenda. There's a word in the Bible called repentance. So God wants us to repent of our wrongdoing, of our sin, of the things that we've done. Repentance just is the idea that you're turning back to God. So you've been on this path that's been taking you down where it's taken you. And a lot of times we find ourselves saying, this is not worth it. It's not good. It's not working. Repentance just means, okay, God, I've gone my way. I'm repenting. I'm turning around and I'm going to go your way. So saying, I'm laying down my agenda, and I'm going to take up your agenda. And then we walk down his path that he must lead us on. And the idea is it doesn't just happen every single day this way. It's sometimes an ongoing of like, oh, I, I picked up my agenda again, and man, I'm laying that down. Forgive me. I'm going to take up your agenda. So we pray your kingdom come, your will be done. We're saying, God, I pray your agenda first. And some of you, you need to let go of your agenda and your will and say, God, I want to take up your will in my life. That's what it means to become a child of God is you're saying, I'm going to trust you and your way are, be- are better than my ways. And so, today if you're here and, and you know, you, I know you're here. I've been praying for you all week. Um, you've been walking this way and it's not working. And today you say, I want to walk God's way. I want to lay down my agenda. I want to ask him for forgiveness. See, the Bible in Romans 10, it says this. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a prayer. He's saying prayer changes things. It starts with a prayer. Right relationship with God starts with a prayer. For it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and it's by openly declaring your faith that you were saved. So today, some of you need to do this. You need to say, God, forgive me of my sin. Help me to live your way. Would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes and bow your head as we end service? As I talk about, you know, praying his agenda and it, laying yours down. If you're here today and you need to do that, would you do me a favor and just raise your hand let me know you're here? Say, I need, I need to do that today. I've carried my agenda for too long. It's not working. I want I want his agenda. I want his way. Awesome. I see your hands. I see your hands. Prayer is a way that we make things right with God. And then living it out is the next step. Saying, God, I, I need your help to live this out. Anybody else? Quite a few hands went up today. Anybody else want to say, "I lay my agenda down." And I follow you. Raise your hand. Would you, would you repeat this prayer with me? A simple prayer, just asking God for a right relationship again, to forgive you, to help you, to lead you. If you're a Christ follower in this room, would you pray with us? So nobody's praying alone. Say this today. If you raise your hand, say, "Father, forgive me of my sin." Of my part, my choices. Today, I ask you to be the Lord of my life, my boss, my God. I believe you died on that cross so I can have a way back to you. I believe you're alive today. You have good plans for my life. I lay down my agenda. Now take up your agenda. Let your will be done in me. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate all those that raised their hand today? Good job.